John. Well, hello. How are you doing? Doing okay. Fancy meeting you here. <laughs> yeah, we live here. Oh, yes, that's right. I have been so, so tired today. How about you? How do you, have you felt today? A little sore, but I feel better after I slept. Well, in case you didn't know, my darling listeners, John and I got our second shots of Moderna this week. I got mine on Wednesday and John got his on Thursday. Yes. And we had both already had COVID, but we we're definitely pro-vaccination. And so what were your general symptoms the first shot, John? Uh, my arm was sore. That was it? That was it. Well, I am a delicate flower, as you know. I know. And so the first shot, I was pretty exhausted, tired for a long time. And then I had migraines for about two weeks. <laughs> but I'm very happy to have had it. Now, uh, I hear that if you've had COVID, the shot is worse the first time. I've heard conflicting yeah. opinions. Yeah. But my first shot was nothing. My arm was sore. My yeah. second shot was next to nothing. Yeah. My body was sore for a couple hours. Yeah, you were pretty tired when you got home. Yeah, but I had gotten the shot, stayed up, and then yeah. worked all night. So John is a uh, not a stripper. He is a... Uh, not anymore. Not anymore. Sorry, exotic dancer. He turned over a new leaf. He turned over a new leaf when he met me, and he became an engineer. And he works the night shift uh, to make sure engines are neared. Yeah, something like that. And yeah. I worked the night shift because ghosts. Because of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I have been a lot uh, m- lot more of a baby uh, this time around as well. And, and so I've been kind of exhausted all day. And I've slept a lot. And I, I actually watched a lot of uh, the second season of Westworld. Which has been... I've been chipping away at it for the last six months. So right, Not my cup of tea, but... It's good. To you. it's good. So, funny mentioning vaccinations, because vaccinations have a lot to do with the problem that we had with last week's podcast. Now, John, without telling my secret, because it's mine to tell, uh, what was wrong with the last week's podcast? Well... Our editor and sound engineer is deaf in one ear. Well, that was my secret to tell. <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought your secret was how that came to pass. Okay, but, I'll tell that part of the secret, but you can but continue explaining. Two minutes into re-listening to it after it posted, I was like, hey, I am now deaf in one ear. Because <laughs> I can't hear anything out of the right side of this podcast. So, as it turns out that... <laughs> So I have these wonderful noise-canceling headphones that I can listen to when I edit, but I have altered everything on most of my devices so that all sound is transferred to one ear, to personally my left ear. And so I really think it was a deep cut in which I tried to show you, the listener, what it's like to be in my shoes. Yeah, it's not fun. No, especially if you... That's annoying. So I have been deaf in my right ear since I was three, and it has to do with vaccinations. I had a very, 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 very rare reaction to the mumps, measles, and rubella vaccine. Now, do the kids still have that vaccine, or is it something else? Yeah, the kids, my kids all got that when they were really young. Yeah. I actually got mine administered in the school library. When I was a kid, there was no anti-vaxxers. You... Got your shots at school. There was no opt-out. Yeah. Was no, you just did this or you go go home. Yes, that makes sense. When <laughs> I was a kid, uh, and when I was, I think, uh, going into eighth grade, I had to get a medical exemption and I was tested for measles antibodies to be able to not have to get the vaccine because of what had happened previously. So it was actually quite difficult for me not to be able to take the second dose. And so, quite frankly, uh, I am super pro-vaccinations because I don't want to get measles from any of you people because I'm no longer <laughs> I'm no longer covered under mumps, measles, or rubella. So I don't, I don't quite know what the mumps does except from what I learned from old-timey television shows, but I don't want it. Well, that shows you how good vaccinations are. 
Yeah. When this disease is rampant, and now you only know it from old-timey television. Yeah, so be a baby uh, and, you know, make people wait on your hand and foot a little bit. If you get the vaccine, you don't feel good. But please get that vaccine. Oh, I should have pretended. I could have been sick longer and been waited on hand and foot today. Who would do it, though? Nobody. Nobody cares. I, I waited on you pretty good when you had COVID, though. Oh, yeah. Well, when I had COVID, I was... Uh, I hadn't been that sick in my life. So. <laughs> that was pretty bad. I would like to give a shout-out to uh, Miller's Lanes. Oh, yeah. In Lorian, Michigan... They saved us because about... So John was incredibly sick. I had gotten sick a couple days before him. And I had enough strength to look up the menu and make a phone call. And that was about all I could do. And because we were quarantining the children in the house, John has four kids. And we didn't want there to be any quarantine. Or we have a child that has asthma. And so we didn't want him to get it. And so we'll get the COVID. He's the only child in the house that ended up not getting asthma. So we called up Miller's Lanes, which John hadn't eaten at in over, what, 30 years? Oh, since I was a kid and I was bowl there and eat lunch there. And just so you know, it was pretty good. I hadn't lost my taste since then. And since then, we've ordered there several times. They came and they delivered it to the house. Uh, we have a little porch in the front of our house yeah. where they could, you know, it was our little COVID spot. And so we had a lot of people take care of us and stuff. But Miller's Lanes was the one that <laughs> kept us alive for the, for a little while. And now it's uh, the eldest favorite pizza place. Yeah. Yeah. He likes the pizza there. And the pizza is pretty good there. The pizza is pretty good there. So last week we talked about Carrie and her dirty pillows and this week, we're not quite sure what we're going to talk about. One of the questions that I had for you all in the first couple episodes that John and I asked was just about what, what your experiences were, you know, to give us a little shout out. And our first listeners were my mom and my aunt, uh, my mom, Angie, and my aunt, Susu. I'm putting them on blast. No, and I wanted to go ahead and share with you what my, my aunt, Susu, sent to me. She said, congrats on episode zero. Ooh. She has two movies she wanted to share with us that really affected her. First is Cujo, she writes. Saw it at the theater with her friend. Scared the heck out of all of us. Afterwards, we were too scared to go home. We went to Shoney's for coffee with the other people in the theater. So I don't, quote, do, unquote, Stephen King, except for The Stand. The other one is Mothman. Gives me the creeps. <laughs> And so she's looking. She was looking forward to episode one. So she already seen episode one. But if you have any of those movies or TV shows or anything else like that that just gave you the absolute creeps, you just let us know. Yeah, Cujo touched on with me because I was attacked by a, a dog when I was nine. Ooh. And yeah, Cujo I had seen afterwards. So that was a wonderful remembrance. Of- I was so young when I watched Cujo that I just really rem- I have it really connected in my mind to what is that movie Turner and Hooch <laughs> because it's that's, the same dog that's no it looks like the same dog at least it did I mean I saw them at probably the same time oh quite different but uh you're gonna be reading Cujo soon right yes I haven't I have to read the stand which I've heard from oh. my mother and from my aunt and from you that it's one of the best stand yeah the stand is my by far my favorite Stephen King book. Uh, if you're just tuning in, dear listener, I have been, uh, I've started a read-through of Stephen King, and I had to take a breather because The Shining was so terrifying. I've never been more scared or uncomfortable or scared uncomfortable, uncomfort-scared in my you, life. Yeah, I think you just made a new word. I made a new word. You're welcome. It is so amazing. If you have a chance, read it. It's shorter, too, so you don't have... I hear The Stand is even better, but it is a thousand pages long. It's more than that. It's more than a thousand. Okay. I think. But, you know, you can... Usually, like, I read Carrie in a couple hours. It was fine, but this, but I, it took me a while to read The Shining. It was too scary. <laughs> well, I could get it through about 20 to 40 pages at a go, and then I had to put it away for the night. And so I'm trying to build up my courage for The Stand. Well, The Stand is very dense as well. Mm. There's, I mean, it's 1,300 packed pages. Because mm. I can think about the story. There's so much, so much involved. But that's a... A television miniseries we should get involved with. 
Yeah. It was amazing. The guy who uh, does the voice for Patrick Starr plays a prominent role and does an amazing job. And the dude from Wings is in it. In the stand? Yeah. No, not in the stand. I was was thinking of the shining. The stand miniseries is a classic. I loved it. And I think they either made recently or are going to make a stand movie. Well, isn't uh, it about a pandemic? It is. A little bit too close to home. Perfectly close to home. Though I've seen on uh, Shutter, I believe, they have a subcategory of... They have a lot of subcategories of types of horror movies. Yeah. And I think one of the subcategories was pandemic horror. Oh. So, or viral horror or something like that. Because there's plenty of movies that are related to the subject of, pan- of pandemic. Well, that'll have to be a, a subcategory week for us. Can we do it after... I am feeling less yeah. <laughs> shaky from this vaccination. Yeah, once the vaccine's all the way in, we can go into pandemic horror. Yes, absolutely. Uh, what you drinking there? Um, a little brief brewer's brews before we get started? I don't remember what the one I'm finishing, but I'm about to crack a Get Loud uh, this is from an, Surly Brewing. Surly Brewing is the one that has all the other amazing That's from uh, Minneapolis. Yeah, they have some uh, pretty interesting brews. Surly Brewing has some really amazing graphic design. Yeah, their cans are uh, very eye-catching. Very eye-catching. Ooh, spooky. That was the dog entering the room. We debated upon whether we should leave the door open or not so yeah. that that wouldn't happen as often, but if we closed it, then you would be hearing scratching. So Or dog crying. Or maybe it was a ghost. It wasn't. It was a dog. Okay, so today we're going to do something a little bit different. We haven't decided on what movie... We are going to watch it, but we have the Shutter app open. And what is the subcategory of what we have here? Well, the subcategory I thought we should start with was Shutter Essentials. And so what do you think they mean by essentials? This is the classic of must-watch horror movies that they have. And also TV shows, because they do have the new version of Creepshow on here. Mm Mm-hmm. Which might be a little bit of self-promotion, but I haven't watched it yet. I've heard mixed reviews, probably more that have liked it than not. But uh, that'll be something we get to when we delve into the uh, series portion of this. Okay, so do you want to explain a little bit about what Shudder is? Oh, Shudder is a very, very well-done, horror-only streaming service. It's like uh, Netflix for nightmares. (laughs) Just so you know, we're not actually sponsored by Shudder, but if Shudder would like to send us money... Or even just a free subscription to Shutter. Yeah. That would be great. But it's actually super duper cheap. Yeah, it's it? cheap. We, I don't even remember how much $5. it was. It, I think well, we, we a, added it to something that we already had or something. No, mm-hmm. they had a special of like 50% off. It came to like two fifty a month. I mean, how can you resist? And they also have those specials a lot. So if you if you hold off or, you know, hold off until we're sponsored by Shutter, and then we can give you some <laughs> kind of coupon code. But even at full price, that's a great deal if you like horror movies because there are... Tons of them, and a lot of them you can only get on Shutter. Okay. But we thought, for such a great service, we might as well showcase them on a regular basis. Have a weekly Shutter episode, or not a weekly, but uh, a periodic Shutter Essential or Shutter Original episode. Mm. We were encouraged to get Shutter by one of my very dear friends, who I won't name here because he is. Uh, very private. He is incredibly <laughs> private. He's one of the most private people I know, so he won't be named unless he gets permission. But he tried to get John and myself and my other dear friends to get Shutter pretty much for the entirety of lockdown. So for about eight months, uh, he was trying to get us to get Shutter. So because as a friend group, a bunch of us would watch horror movies together while streaming together, I think it was Google Hangouts when Google Hangouts was still a thing. We would watch, would you know, basically be on video chat with each other and watching horror movies and just hanging out. And my friend who shall be who shall remain nameless, he really found some dark stuff on Shutter. So what are we doing here, John? What do you think we should go for? Well, I want your opinion as well. Okay, but there are quite a few good. Good selections in the Shutter Essentials category. Okay. And many of which I have not seen. Well, that's what we want to go for, is something you haven't seen. that I've heard 
great things about it as well. I heard about Revenge. I have too. I heard it about it on the Doug Loves Movies podcast. It was recommended. So this has five skulls, which we watched a movie that had five skulls the other day that was hot garbage, didn't we? It wasn't hot garbage. It was like I wouldn't have given warm it, garbage. I would, yeah, I wouldn't have given it five, but it was but worth watching. This one looks interesting. It says a young woman takes vengeance on the three married men who left her for dead in the boldest bloody swim of the year. Now, in general, I'm not a fan of movies that rape women as a plot point. Yeah, that's why I never recommended this movie for you, even yeah. when I heard good reviews of it, because I had heard it. It's it's rape revenge movie. Yes, and so I'm not sure if I'm quite ready to watch it, but I do like the concept a lot. Yeah. And perhaps next time we watch a Shutter movie, maybe if you've seen the movie Revenge, which is a Shutter original film that they so it's first released on Shutter in 2018. If you've seen it and the rape is only like a very beginning of it, I wouldn't mind seeing it. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I'm. Oh, that almost worded wrong. I I can tolerate rape in movies. Oh. But uh, I almost said well, I've seen about it. Anti-rape. I've seen it plenty of times, but I'll tell you exactly when I stopped liking it. Well, okay. <laughs> See, it comes out bad. It but always comes out bad. I was in Florida with my family because my mother had had a heart attack, and so I was in Florida. All my brothers were together, and they finally got me. That was the one way they could get me to watch an episode of Game of Thrones. And so we watched this episode of Game of Thrones, and the the only other time I'd seen Game of Thrones, there had been a rape and, like, a, uh, there was a rape and, like, boobies. That was, like, the two things I remembered from it. And the next time, the next episodes they were watching, there was even more rape, and this time a child got burned at the stake as well, and so I thought, no more! <laughs> no more, no more burned alive children and no more rape, I'm not watching Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm sorry that if you're a fan, I know that there's other things in Game of Thrones besides that, but I'm not. I'm not that well, into. The thing about horror films, if you rape somebody in the horror film, mm-hmm. it's not going to end well for you. Yeah, you don't usually rape and get away with it. No, the person, you do not. And you're not usually raped to death. No. I have been shown by my nameless friend. I've seen something that was pretty horrific. I'm sure there's that. some Japanese raped to death films. Japanese don't follow the same rules as other horror movies, like the children don't die or glorified abortion. Yeah, so just so that doesn't sound racist. The Japanese horror films are known to push limits. Hmm. The American horror movies always followed the rules of children do not die in a horror movie. One video game that my youngest brother and I played was called Fatal Frame. We played a lot of the Fatal Frame games. And the premise of each of them was that you had a sibling that has mysteriously died. Maybe you killed them, maybe not. Maybe they've just disappeared. And they're ghosts. And there's yeah. a lot of kid ghosts and perhaps your ghost. Who knows? The yeah. Silent Hill games, too, are really reflect that as well. Yeah. I think. And my daughter really loves anime. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of those kind of things. A lot, of rape, like- a lot of rape in animes that... It is yeah. insanity. It's not that I'm against that as an art form. It's just unusual when you've been watching American television and movies your whole life, and then you're thrust feet first into this world where there aren't as many rules. So a common critique of the use of rape as a trope in this in horror or in any other television is basically the use of females as objects for the motivation of the male characters around them. So you get the rape and murder of Braveheart Dude's wife. Yeah. William Wallace's wife gets raped and murdered, so he becomes William Wallace. He becomes Braveheart. You don't, now that I'm thinking of it, you don't see as many rapes in horror movies. And usually when it's brought in, it is the woman's revenge. Yeah. Like Last House on the Left. I have never seen that, and oh I'm looking forward to Lord. seeing it. Like, because Last Podcast on the Left is one of my favorite podcast groups. Okay, well, Last House on the Left is a very good 70s horror movie that was almost shunned because of how brutal it was at times. But it's uh, a well-done horror movie, and it's got some some pretty good uh, lady revenge. You know, I'm really a big fan of Lady Revenge. One of the earliest uh, movies that we saw together was Invisible. 
Oh, Invisible Man. Invisible Man. And it was not... No, I thought it was just called Invisible. I think it was Invisible Man. You could probably Google it. You're the person who's in charge of that. (laughs) Well, we'll figure out what the name of this, this film is. When I think of the Invisible Man, I think of Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man because I have my students read the first chapter in my Introduction to Philosophy classes that I teach. Wow, it's quite a bit different than the than the 2020 film. It is a little different, slightly little different. different. Uh, it does not involve race. I don't believe there's any people of a different race than white in The Invisible Man. And there's no uh, fancy mechanical suits that use cameras and such and such. Uh, yes, there are no mechanical suits. There is a guy that uh, that wears a suit. Yeah, but he drank a potion of some sort to, to gain his invisibility. Correct? No, we're thinking about a different invisible man. Because Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man is about a man who is kind of rendered invisible by uh, 1950s, sec- or 1950s racism. Okay. I yeah. must be thinking about the original Invisible Man film. Yes. Which I... Is that also a book, too? I don't think so. I think it must have just been loosely based off the book because I did not. Read I don't the think book. it was based off of the book because the Invisible Man had actually no uh, a 1933 film. Yeah, Claude Rains. Yes. Yes, which is H.G. Wells' version of the Invisible Man. Yes, which See, I wonder if that means that Ellison's Invisible Man was. It's probably a take on it. Well, it's not the the actual book itself, which I heartily recommend. It's a really an amazing book. It's beautifully written because Ellison's an amazing writer, and it follows the life of a young man, a young black man in the South, uh, going to college and then go thinking that he can, basically thinking that racism doesn't affect him or that societal racism would not affect him. And um, I have my students read the prologue because there's a scene in which he's bumped into by someone who then calls him a racist name, and the guy almost murders him. Okay. And I have my students think about that, about what that means. Okay. I don't think I've ever to read be the an book. Invisible Man. You've never but read I, a book? <laughs> I've read a lot of books. <laughs> but I hearken back to the original 1933 classic yes. film of The Invisible Man. But where the. It was Claude Rains had, was a chemist who drank a potion oh. that rendered him invisible. And that's different from Hollow Man, in which. Was that, was that an injection? Ooh, it's been a long time since I've seen Hollow Man, but I think so. I think it was a series of experiments. And the 2020 Invisible Man, as you said, has a dude in a suit that is a bad guy. Yes. And that is the movie that is that sort of woman attack or woman revenge, sort of. Not to give too much away, it's a fantastic movie. By the way, we're going to be spoiling all these movies. Yeah, every episode is a spoiler alert. If you have not seen the film, um, I would recommend viewing it first. By the way, you might hear a little bit of purrs because Loki has decided to come and sit right next to John. It's very adorable. So we have some choices that Shudder has picked for their essentials. Okay. Is there anything you're in the mood for? Well, you're. let's see what these choices are. We have seen A Tale of Two Sisters very yeah, recently. Yeah, that one was the one that I wasn't as into. Yeah, it was okay. It was very odd. I don't know if I'm dead inside or if just I was hoping for something. Let's see, The Beyond. In this cla- gore classic, a woman inherits a hotel over an entrance to hell? See, that sounds wonderful. It does sound wonderful. Black Christmas. Oh, this, we should do this around Christmas. Oh, time. the horror classic about a killer stalking sorority girls on, on Xmas and helps spawn the slasher genre. We should do maybe four, like... Uh, the 12 days of Christmas do like four weeks of very good, like Silent Light, Deadly Night. Can we do Krampus again? Jack Frost, Krampus, Black Christmas. I love Krampus. So we should save this for that Yeah, time we should probably write this stuff down. Demons, a horror movie audience turns into bloodthirsty demons. I love demon movies. That's, I like that that's about... The, oh, this uh, one's traditional. Texas Chainsaw. Everybody loves Texas 1974 Chainsaw. 1974 version. My friend Sarah, when we saw the a new one of these that came out when we were in college, spent the entire time with her head in my lap, terrified. Was it the one with Renee Zellweger? No, we didn't see that one in theaters. I've seen that one, but not. <laughs> I hear that's the one that's really hard to find. Uh, no, it's not that hard to find. It's just an odd thing to say. Did you see that Texas Chainsaw movie with Renee Zellweger? And it also had, uh, what's the other guy? Matthew McConaughey was in that one, yes, too. Yes, it was star-studded before they were stars. To yes. Start. 
And speaking of star-studded before there were stars to stud, uh, did you see Cabin in the Woods? Yes. That would be a good one to watch as well, just because it's such an amazing horror movie that's also about horror movies. Yeah, I had only seen it as soon as it came out, so mm. I don't even remember it that well. Halloween. That is a classic. That would be interesting to rewatch. Yes. I'm one of these horrible people who like the Rob Zombie remake version. Oh, horrible! I know. Terrified. This is the one that had the the image on the. the yeah, that's uh, very. Poster that you really did not. I am not before. a fan of the image on the poster. A suburban neighborhood is plunged into un unforgettable nightmare. Which makes me want to watch it a little bit more. That you don't. Like <laughs> it makes me. I'm a little bit uncomfortable even looking at the old dark house. From 1932. In this classic thriller, stranded travelers stumble upon a strange old house and find themselves at the mercy of a highly eccentric family. This is one of the few very old horror movies that I have not seen. Hmm. I really love the pre-1940s horror movies. Yeah. Like Nosferatu. They're hard to find. Uh, I have a lot of them on DVD. Really? Oh, yes. Apparently there are some on Shudder as well. That's excellent. Deep Red, a teacher gets drawn into a serial killer's web in Dario Argento's iconic Giallo. Giallo? I don't know. We've got to look that up. I don't think I have seen that one either. Hmm. Revenge, we saw that one. Mandy, another... Oh, that's... Okay, another Shutter exclusive... Nick Cage is in it, so that's already bringing it high on the list. When a nightmarish cult attack, r attack Red and Mandy, the shocking assault leads to a spiraling, surreal, bloody rampage of all mind-altering vengeance. Huh? I do uh, love Nick Cage. The Changeling. I had seen this one when I was a very small child. In this haunted house are essential. A composer moves to a secluded Victorian mansion inhabited by a paranormal entity. Gotta love a haunted house. Man, film. Shutter better pay us. V-I-Y... <laughs> Ooh, this looks interesting. In 19th century Russia, a seminary student is forced to spend three nights with the corpse of a beautiful young witch. So what's the negative here? <laughs> I know, I know. Satan's slave. In this Indonesian classic, a troubled teen discovers a nightmare world of restless spirits and occult terror. You gotta love that kind of movie. Reanimator. I've seen Reanimator. Uh, follows a student who brings back uh, the dead back to life. Okay, that's pretty. Hellraiser, Puzzle Box Man. Okay. Classic. Let's keep going. The Japanese version of The Ring, so that could be interesting. I'm surprised they came out in 1998. They sure did have a quick turnaround on that one. Yeah, well, that's when Japanese horror became all the rage, kind of. Bay of Blood! When a rich countess dies, strange murders befall people trying to claim her property. Don't think I've seen that one either. Black Sunday, eventual witch returns to possess her descendant in Mario, Mario Bava's most famous film. Nosferatu, uh, Symphony of Horror. That's classic Dracula yeah, movie. amazing movie. Yeah. Anybody who hasn't seen it needs to see Nosferatu from 1922. Ooh. You may not think it's something you'd want to watch because it's in black and white and it's silent. But it is a classic. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. We're going to wait on that one. <laughs> yeah, a little more campy than the original. Oh, the picture is fantastic. You can tell by the... It's got his fist bump out. Yeah, mm -hmm. wearing a tuxedo with a flower. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a... It's, uh, it's the a Howling. Another classic. Reporter encounters werewolves while staying at a rural resort. I'm not usually big on, on werewolf films. I love werewolf the films. The Howling is very... Excellent. Silver Bullet is the one you need to watch. Oh, yeah. What about American Werewolf in Paris? Uh, in London? In London. It's, it's also in Paris. I don't know if I've seen the Paris. Is that Richard Gere? So there's a new one called Lake Mungo that's up here 2010. from 2010. It's Australia. Uh, filmmakers investigated teens to disappearance and death in this terrifying Australian horror film. It's like budget Richard Gere. I have seen this one a long time ago when Horror Fest started their Eight Films to Die For series. Oh. So I would have watched this right when this came on DVD. Okay. So probably 2011. Okay. I don't remember it at all. Creep Show. That's the series. Curse of the Demon. An American psychologist journeys to London to debunk devil-worshipping cults. It's a 50s horror movie, which is... A lot of people love them. It was probably my low point in yeah. horror. But uh, still a good movie. Wicker Man, 1973 edition. A classic. Yes, not the Nick Cage version. Bees! Not the bees! The House on Haunted Hill. Or House on Haunted Hill. Yes. Gimmick lead in horror thriller is a fairground funhouse come to life. Yeah, it's it's another 50s horror movie, which 
again, I thought was a low point in horror films, but okay. uh, there are some gems in there. This one. Why do you think it's a low point? Do you think they just had a, a more? Do they have more access to props and money and less uh, access to interesting? I think ideas? it was more that that's the uh, like the early horror movies of the twenties and thirties. There was no. It was very out of the the mainstream, so they could do a lot more weird stuff. Mm-hmm. In the fifties, it was kind of like it had the the feeling of fifties society where everything was buttoned up, Mary Tyler Moore kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the sixties kind of broke out with counterculture. Yeah. And the seventies were an all out like killing coeds. Everything, everything wide open. Yeah. So you have this like magical nineteen twenty to nineteen forty. Where it was just amazing, and then like 1950 to 65, um, it just seemed a lot more buttoned up, which but you don't want in horror films. I bet there's a really good one from like 1945 is, during the war. Well, you find some Vincent Price things in there. Well, Vincent Price kind of had it seemed like he had the leeway to do what he wanted. He seems the most gimmicky of anyone. Well, it was gimmicky. Yes, for sure it was gimmicky, but it was on brand. Okay. It wasn't buttoned up. It was very odd, and you expected it to be odd. Mm, You'll find sounds... some actors that still, like Lon Chaney, always had kind of free reign to do whatever he wanted. Okay, that sounds but, interesting. But you find these mainstream 50s horror movies that I was like, meh. So I think we've, uh, so that's the beginning of the list. So what are you thinking? Definitely not House on Haunted Hill. If, no. uh, if you're not as interested. Uh, let's not start with 50s. I'm kind of into it because I like the remake of House on Haunted Hill a lot. That's a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I will rewatch it. There's always redeeming There's also value. The Haunting of Hill House, yes. which is a totally different thing. There's always redeeming value, even with these ones that were a little more buttoned up. Some of the stories are great, but they just didn't push limits like, mm. like you were yeah. expecting it to. So do, the question is, do we want to do something new or do we want to do something old? Um... I I had a few op- ideas. Okay. The Ring Japanese version would be cool to see. It's been a long time. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of of uh, terrified just because it. Uh, I think it'll frighten oh, you a so lot. So gross. <laughs> and demons. Demons me. is kind of calling me too. It's the horror movie audience turns into bloodthirsty demons. It's. I love paranormal demonic movies. Yeah. And I don't think I know this one. And it's an 80s demon movie. It's How did you miss it? I don't know. It's not going to be one of those things where you watch it and then you're like, actually, I've seen it. It's it's very possible that that happens. <laughs> but if I have seen it, I haven't seen it in 30 years. So the question is, do we watch something you definitely haven't seen or one you haven't seen in 30 years? I'm, I'm leaning towards what uh, what uh, is, is driving you to see. Hmm. I think a lot of things are driving me to see. Because I don't think I've seen The Beyond either from 1981. Oh, uh, in this gore classic, a woman inherits a hotel built over an interest to hell. Here's what I like about this. This is only like two steps away from being a really excellent Hallmark movie. Except for the entrance to hell. Yeah, except for the entrance to hell. But she, a woman inherits a hotel. She moves. I, I don't know about this movie, but here's my guess. She moves into the town that she grew up in. She hasn't been there a long time. She's a busy businesswoman that doesn't have time for love and romance. Maybe she wants to sell the hotel, you know, and get out of the family business. And then what's that? The caretaker is that handsome boy from her elementary school that has grown up good. And maybe he has a a plucky son and a dark secret. That's quite possible. And the dark secret is that he knows, like, the cookie recipe that her grandmother left her or something like that. So I think we should watch The Beyond because I think it's going to have a happy ending like a Hallmark movie, and it's going to be great. What do you think? I'm into it because it reminds me of The Gate. The Gate was one of my Ah, favorite 80s movies. I love The Gate. And an entrance to hell can be bad. Honestly, uh, entrance to hell reminds me of Supernatural, which is my favorite show. And so that sounds fantastic. So John is going to lay down some some stuff for us about this. Yeah, since we have decided on the beyond, let's let's see if we can get some. Oh, it's an Italian horror film. Ooh, we're gonna have to watch subtitles. Yes, it does look that way. Laudia. Let's uh let's take a look at who directed this. Lucio Fulci, which mm. is someone I do not know. Fairly unknown cast. Don't read the plot, don't read the plot. I, I skip past the plot. I'm just looking at the cast. It's uh but on IMDB it is listed. Six point eight out of ten. 
That's a lot of reviews. That's not bad, is it? Out of 20,000 reviews? And no. for a horror movie? Let's see if we got a Metascore. I think Ooh. Carrie was only like 7.5 or 38th Metascore. So The Beyond has four skulls out of a possible five skulls. Is 87 minutes from 1981. And John, what, how are we doing? Did you find the tomato meter? I did not. But I found the Metacritic score on uh, IMDb. And the first review caught my eye. There's not very many high reviews. The <laughs> highest one gives it a 50 out of 100. And it is the review, the quick snapshot of the review is Does it make any sense? Nope. <laughs> does this detract from the film? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's classic Italian grand gugnal, which is not a term I'm used to. Hmm. At its most disturbing, a car crash, autopsy, and disembowelment all wrapped up in a nice soggy package. <laughs> Now I'm even more excited about this. A nice soggy package. (laughs) I'm into it. 67% tomato meter, which is the critic reviews, and 76% audience score. All right. Which is great because I was kind of leery. Even though that one review sounded great, there's other ones that say, even by Argento standards, Fulci's film is nonsensical to the point of distraction. (laughs) Which I'm like, oh... That's the story of my life, man. It's, it's the kind of movie that <laughs> alternates stupefyingly lame dialogue with special effects scenes in which quicklime dissolves corpses and tarantulas eat lips and eyeballs. That sounds excellent. Spiders! Oh, no. Well, I already agreed to this. Yep. I, you, should, you shouldn't you should have warned me. Uh, now I have to be worried about this the entire time. You're going to see spiders. Okay, everybody. So we're going to be watching The Beyond on Shudder. Yep. Shutter, please give us money for all of this uh, really great, <laughs> uh, this really great copy you're getting. Um, and unless you don't give us money, and then so just give us a plug. Just, just let people know that we're talking Man, about your stuff. Please, Shutter, if you could retweet us. <laughs> no, okay. So let's get started watching this uh, 1981 film. Okay, we'll see you in a little bit. Hi there. Trish here. John and I are so glad you've decided to listen to this episode. To contact us, please email up to and including death at gmail.com or hit us up on our socials up to and ID at just about everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, that's two with a number two. If you have a moment, it would be awesome if you could review us on iTunes as long as it's five stars. If it's not five stars, uh, maybe just keep that one to yourself a little bit. All right. Back to the show. How far have we gotten into the film? Uh, we have. I read the the opening uh, description. You should probably read it to the people. Well, I was pretty excited when I saw, chopped by censors in 1983. It took nearly 20 years and Quentin Tarantino's help before the film saw a proper uncut release in the U.S. I wonder how he even knew about this movie. Well, Tarantino is a, a connoisseur yeah. of grind movies. Yeah. So this makes me really excited because I'm. Uh, Always on page with Quentin Tarantino as far as with the films he likes. All right, everybody. We'll see you soon. How far along are we, John? Uh, Five minutes and nine seconds. So uh, we've got some important details to share. And I wanted to share them before we we forgot them. So the book of Ibon. And who is Ibon? E-I-B-O-N? Oh, I just looked it up, and the only thing I could find was uh, it was a, from Soul Eater, or an H.P. Lovecraft thing, where it was the great old one whose existence presides over knowledge, part of the eight Reaper legions and a former friend of death. So perhaps, the, who knows, I don't know enough about Lovecraft to know where Lovecraft got it from that this Italian filmmaker would have known to put it there but so basically uh there is a woman with big eyes reading a book of ibon uh and now a bunch of villagers have secreted themselves into a hotel to find a guy that's trying to help everybody because apparently the hotel is built upon some seventh it's one of the seven deadly gates into hell and he and all this painter wants to do is help everybody but they are beating him to death with chains yes but apparently ibon is drawn from anime, so that would post-date this. So I'm guessing it pulls from H.P. Lovecraft mainly, 
But uh, that says Ibon the Unfathomable, the most pow- powerful. I'm not uh, sure this is the same thing, I, John. I don't even know There's if it probably, is. I mean, because I think that the timing of this, like when did this come out with Lovecraft and when did... I am not sure. So let's not put that in the podcast. No. Oh. It's Star Wars, too. But let's try this again where you re- react to the grind, okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So we've got a woman with beautiful big eyes reading a, the book of Ibon, who may be H.P. Lovecraft, maybe something else, who knows. But she's reading something naughty while a bunch of vi- villagers secret into a hotel that is named Hotel. And they... Probably the most popular name for hotel. Yes, perhaps. Uh, and so they go up some stairs and they run into a guy that's been painting a picture of what I thought was a sea, but it turns out it was a sea of bodies. In sand, apparently. Yes. And so he, the guy is trying to say that I can help you, only I can save you. This is this hotel is built upon a uh, one of the seven gates into hell. Ooh, and so what do they do? They whip him with chains. And there's a lot of zooming in on the gory blood spilling out of him. Yeah, it's it's pretty well done, actually. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's pretty brutal to be whipped with a chain. I imagine. I imagine. Okay, well, should we continue? Yes, we okay. shall. <laughs> we got our first jump scare! <laughs> yep. <laughs> poor joe the plumber so yeah. do you think you can give a summary of the plot so far nope nope <laughs> okay so we left off a little bit early last time they actually crucified this guy kind of and the village people put iron spikes in the wrists yeah like, like a full-on crucifixion like a full-on crucifixion and then what did they pour all over his body? I don't know. It looked like hot wax or something, but they were shoveling it on him. And they it melted his body. Yeah. Super melted. Um, and then they bricked him up in the basement of this. As you would. As one does. And that was in the 1800s. Yes. And then in 1981, the modern day, a very beautiful lady has purchased a home. Yeah, and wondering where all the water's coming from I in the basement. She might have inherited it. It's unclear. Yeah, I'm not sure. It does. It looks like she inherited it, but it's everything is dusty. But it doesn't look like it's a hundred years dusty. No, there is quite a bit of cobwebs. Yes, there's some cobweb situation going on, um, and so she. We have our first br- gruesome death. Yeah, it was it was very well done. A handyman falls off of a uh, off of the ledge. They call for a doctor as he's like coughing blood. Yeah, and the doctor says we should get him to the hospital as if we didn't see this and think maybe he needs to be in the hospital. Yeah, so he might not be dead. Yeah, they haven't they haven't gone back to his status is unclear. Yeah, Joe the plumber comes has a very meaningful moment uh, in the basement with Martha. Who is the creepy caretaker. She makes a path for him, though. She makes a path for him, and he makes a little bit of a dibble entendre, kind of, in his eyeballs. You think that? I think he was giving her the look. But Joe makes the most plumber response of anything. The most plumbery response. Yep. How long is this going to take? Takes as long as it takes. Which is... You don't want to rush a plumber. And if you have a plumber that's like, I'll be out in five minutes, that's like... "Mm." Yeah. Take your time, plumber. Have a cup of coffee while you're here. Yeah. I want to make sure my house is not going to explode with water and electricity. And poop. And poop. So so they follow along. The plumber is, like, following this path that's led. He's found, like, a pipe that's leaking. And so his rea- that's coming from a wall. Yeah, so he hammers through the wall. As the normal plumbers do. They hammer through walls and homes without talking to the owners. Yeah, crawls through the brick wall. Yeah, cross through the brick wall. And then there's this whole other basement part of this basement. By the way, this is an Italian film, apparently filmed in English and then dubbed. So some of the actors are actually, they're mouthing English. But it's clear that some actors may not have known English when they were mouthing the words. And everything's dubbed into English. But, (laughs) But it's set in Louisiana for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, it's a hotel in Louisiana. uh, And... I can't imagine what kind of dum-dum puts a basement in Louisiana. Yeah, I would not expect to see basements in Louisiana. And you can write to me if I'm wrong. They probably do exist, but they just seem like they'd be very wet. Your first floor is already below sea level. Mm Mm-hmm. 
why would you risk even more water yeah. coming in? But yeah. I mean, I guess you have to have some kind of basement, but it seems like having a basement where you have your electrical... Like have a crawl space. They have like yeah. a 10-foot basement. Yeah, this basement <laughs> is deep, Yeah, and it gets deeper. Like, even up here, the basements are so short, I have to duck through them. My basement in my house was not that short. No, but you were up on the hill. Yeah, I was up on a hill. So, we live in the Upper Peninsula, as we said, and the reason why we say even up here is because in the spring, a lot of water will get into everybody's basement as the snow melts, because we get over 300 inches of snow a year. Yeah, we're insane. Are we? It yes. seems fine. No, yes. It's great because it's always the same in the winter. Cold and snowing. And it's always in the same in the summer. 72 and sunny. No, it's not. Pretty much. Okay. Do you think Joe is okay? Um, he's not okay. We don't know that he's dead. We don't know that he's dead, but he has one less eye. He has one less eye. The jump scare was Joe has gone through this creepy old basement in Louisiana and he's found, I guess, the, another place that's leaking water, because water's coming from somewhere, who knows where. And he pokes it, and it sort of, ex- like, something's exposed, or hearing hell sounds, or whatever. And then a hand jumps out from the darkness, and pokes out one of his eyes. Yeah. And so far, so far, it seems that the owner is fine, but the dudes that are helping her with the house are not fine, and that doesn't seem fair. That's sexist. Sexist ghost. Is it sexism or is it classism in the sense that the owner gets to live, but oh. not the not the plebes that are helping with the house? Maybe he's just biding his time it's like, for the affection of the lady. It's like how Batman only likes to beat up poor people. No, he's, a he's like always opportunity like, puncher. Yeah, but he's always... Bane wasn't he just, poor. The Joker wasn't poor. Yeah, but he really wants to go after those grunts. Or like Arrow would always murder the grunts and give the billionaires the second chance. That's how we don't hear about Arrow. Yeah. It's not a good show. I mean, maybe it was a good show. I stopped watching after a few I've episodes. I've never seen it. DC well, you know, is kind of meh. It's so dark. I'd say on our horror movie podcast, but I want my horror movies to be horror movies, and I want my like Marvel Avenger movies to be exciting and fun. I like the Dark Knight trilogy. I mean, it's fine. That was less a superhero movie and more of a cop drama. I'm not a big fan of cop dramas. Mm, well, then that's mm. why you didn't like them. I guess not. Let's continue the movie. Okay, so I really think this could become a Hallmark movie pretty easily. I'm not a connoisseur of Hallmark movies, so I don't know what that means. Okay, so we just learned that Lizzie inherited this from a an uncle that she always knew was rich and had a lot of property investments. Um, and so she got this inheritance. The hotel is her last chance. She is not bothered by these dead bodies. Um, and she is on a date at a bar with the handsome doctor that stopped by her house to help mm-hmm. the other guy that died. And so it's a little meat cute. Well, if she can make it work, she can make it work. Yeah, I mean, she's a busy businesswoman, and she wants to have this hotel work, but, you know, and she says that she's going to have to go on relief unless she can, you know, make this work, but what if she just married a doctor? Sounds like a good plan. Yeah, and then she would learn the meaning of Christmas. We got, we got yeah. something here. We got to start converting these movies into Hallmark movies, and then we could sell them to Hallmark. No. 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 I mean, it's got to be out of copyright or something, right? No Hallmark. I like Hallmark movies, everybody. Okay, let's go. Okay, John, where are we at now, bud? 49 minutes. We just had a dig at labor unions for some reason in the in the historic region. Um, they, apparently, the, the labor victory that was won was having lunch. Having a lunch break. And they were supposed to look at... You're not going to help me to look up the historic plans of this building? Lots of unions do, right? They just take breaks. (laughs) It's ridiculous. It's it's kind of this absurd sort of representation of what unions are. Oh, you're just trying to take a break instead of work. And it's like, yeah, just like eat lunch, dude. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You should be able to have lunch. There's a gentleman that's supposedly remodeling this whole freaking house with no budget. That's doing it yeah. because he has all these big plans. His relationship to Liza, I think I was calling her Lissa, but... You were calling her Lizzie. 
Lizzie, okay, yeah. The, the relationships to Liza, or I guess her name is Elizabeth, so why not, uh, is unclear, but Lizzie just really, it's her big break. Yeah. She's got to do it. Now, did she see a ghost version of the creepy dude that had been murdered in the bathroom of room 38? It sounds like it. The sexy doctor it's... came by to check on her to tell her that she's just having hysteria, um, and... I still think that they could make it work together, have the hotel together. They're, you know, Arthur's down there, who, by the way, the doctor doesn't believe exists. He's just ready for the sexy doc. Arthur, Martha, and Emily, the blind lady, the doctor's never heard of before. He's the only doctor in the town, apparently. I think Emily, the blind lady, is pretty much a ghost. Like, she might be a ghost witch. Because a guy who fell off the scaffolding saw her in the house, and but she was nowhere near the house. Yeah, but I think she's a witch. Okay. I think that she's the one who opened the gate to hell, and everyone's blaming me. Oh, yeah, she was reading the book to try yeah. to at the beginning, yeah. so. Okay, let's, uh, so I just wanted to, that's basically all that's happened in the last 18 minutes. Yeah, there's it's, not much scary going on. No, not a lot of scary going on. Maybe that will happen soon. Uh, it seems that everyone that is helping... Liza is dying, so I'm kind of looking forward to this guy falling off and breaking his neck. He's about to climb a ladder to go get a, a book, so let's figure it out. So, John, I'm starting to think that this might not be well plotted. What? Yeah, how far along are we, hun? We're one hour in. We're one hour in, and I just can't help but think that this might not make that much sense. None of it makes sense. Well, okay, it was making a kind of sense. So the doctor has gone to the house that he says there's no blind woman living in this house. So he goes oh. to check on the this chick saying that she went to this house. Um, and the doctor says, he goes there, he breaks in, and it's, of course, dilap- it's not dilapidated, it's messy. It's, there's it's some, empty for a while. Yeah, there's some leaves on the ground which shows that time has passed. And but he finds the book. He finds the yeah. Ibon book, and he's reading it. And he's like, "Oh yes, what is a seven keys to hell? What?" And so he's like learning lots of yeah. things. Um, meanwhile, Martha, I, I don't know where Lizzie is in the Liz is in the process of cleaning this house that she wants to turn into a hotel because she's it's- not doing any work. She's no. always dressed perfectly. She has a great manicure that's never chipped. And she's just complaining about not getting good help these days. She complains about Martha and Arthur, who came with the house, who the doctor says he also doesn't know. Martha, you definitely would assume, is like a part of the bad guys. I don't know. I don't know, like, because she just un- tried to get some dirty water out of a bathtub, and then she got murdered by... Joe, the the plumber. What what is he doing there? And he put his her head through a nail in the wall. Yeah, perfectly in through the eyeball. It was great because he lost an eyeball as well. But yeah. but where did he come from? Where did he come from? I mean, I mean, is obviously, he a ghost? yeah. I mean, he seems to me like he's some kind of zombie ghost situation. That makes sense to me. But why was he just chilling in the bathtub upstairs? It's a great question. Probably because it's a, a spooky plumber? zombie ghost plumber. He's a plumber, so he, he in died the in the house in the water. But what I mean is I thought that she was supposed to be a part of this, and now she's dead. So I don't know where the plot's going to go from here. We have 20 minutes or so left, so... Yeah, we'll let's see. see. Let's see. I think Maybe that... Maybe we'll be in a tight little bow at the You end. would think that Liz, the you know hotel owner, would be more of a part of this movie. She just drives around. She drives around, blindness. doesn't do anything, complains about the help when it's like, lady, it's not that hard to, to sweep. You know, you can yeah. paint, you know, whatever. Okay, let's keep going. Where are we at, bud? Right, an hour and seven minutes. Seven minutes have passed. Um, we've learned a little bit about uh, Emily, the blind lady. Yeah. She was sent, I guess. She doesn't want to go back to hell, I think. She says, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go yeah. back. All the people that have died so far have showed up as zombies in her house, which when she was just chilling out there, it was back to being beautiful again. And she's sitting around with her seeing eye dog, Dickie. Yeah. Who attacks all the bad guys for her to protect her, then comes to pet her at the end of it. Yeah. And, and then, then she lives happily ever after? Not quite. What happens? 
uh, the dog turns on her and starts eating at her neck and face. Which I think that I am precognizant. Maybe you are. I think that what the podcasters don't know is that the fellow that we'd stopped talking about, we forgot to mention last time, that was climbing up that ladder to go look at the, the pictures of the house. Yeah, someone's eaten by spiders. Well, he he was at the top of the ladder, and, and he couldn't wait to get to the bottom of the ladder to open the book that yeah. had the description of how big this house was. Yeah. And apparently the basement was like four times the size it was supposed to be. And so he fell off the ladder because of lightning strikes and got eaten by spiders, and the book disappeared. Or the blueprint did. Yeah, the ink off the page just vanished. You know, they got to stop making that kind of, like, important historical documents out of vanishing ink. It's just silly. Yeah. So, and while we were watching that, and what we didn't record was me saying, what I would much rather see is a dog eating a person or a cat eating its owner. And here we had a dog eating its owner, so I think I am a witch. I think so, too. I mean... <laughs> uh, I don't know that there's much more to report. No, this is uh, taking an odd couple turns. Yeah, so Emily's dead, so that mystery's done. Martha's she was dead. Already dead. I think she was already dead. She didn't want to go back because she was the one that originally read the Ibon book to like bring forth all this nonsense. And that blinded her. We did learn from the doctor reading the book that. The, anyone that dies during this process becomes back as a zombie. So that's why it's everyone that dies comes back immediately after and is killing more people. Yeah. Well, it makes more sense why the plumber came back. Yeah. Yeah. After okay. being buried. Yep. How are we doing on time, John? I don't know. We're in 19 minutes. Oh, it's pretty close to the end of the film. Yes. Eight minutes left. Eight minutes left. So... Lots of lots of lots has happened. You know. You think? I think so the doctor thinks that she's crazy or perhaps a demon herself because the book says how to open the door to the demons. He doesn't believe her except as soon as he says that the house the hotel is opens a gate to hell, the whole hotel starts to go crazy. Yeah. And then they go to the hospital. The whole town's empty, which is weird. Yeah. So they go to the hospital. Which this town that's small enough for the doctor to know everybody everybody that lives there has this huge palatial mansion as a hospital. So they go to the hospital, which is empty, until... A wall breaks behind her and zombies! Zombies! They grab her and he shoots them like a hundred times before he figures out that you gotta shoot him in the head. But even after he figures out he has to shoot them in the head... Yeah. He shoots one point blank rage in the shoulder and, and then the, the stomach yeah. and then runs out of bullets. Yes, and so then... He gets into... He, so she leaves him. She goes in the elevator and she's like, I can't! And so she goes down into the morgue, which is a great place to be in the zombie apocalypse. And the doctor's left. He, he holds himself up in a room and his buddy's there. His, yeah. The other morgue guy. Yeah. They could fight together. But he shoots a window that inexplicably shoots glass back at the other guy's face and kills him. Yeah, it was great. John was laughing pretty oh. good at that. <laughs> and also the blood was coming out of places other than where the glass was entering into him. Yes, it was wonderful. Yes, and so now he's found... So in the meanwhile, in the morgue, Jill is apparently the name of the daughter of Joe the plumber, and th- there's never been a scene where the woman has met this child or seen this child to know it, right? She doesn't know this kid. And so she says, Jill, Jill, yeah. Lizzie says. And then she goes and she grabs her, and, and but Jill has uh, cloudy eyes. Yep, just like the blind lady who read yeah. the book. She got kissed by the blind lady at the at the funeral, and then she got cloudy eyes herself. So let's find out what happens. <laughs> what? I really enjoyed the way you just threw the remote down. What? <laughs> so they almost killed the original bad guy, except the doctor keeps forgetting that he could do a headshot. He shoots him in the chest like 17 times. 
And then shoots everybody else in the head. Yeah, the little girl, uh, who is clearly a bad guy, uh, starts grabbing Liz in the face again. And what happens? He blows her head off. Holy smokes, it's as if he had a magnum or something. (laughs) Um, And so then they go to leave and they're trying to escape and they end up back in the basement. Spooky-like. I kind of like that kind of thing, though. Yeah, but then... They wander off into a painting and get cloudy eyes, and that's it. Yep. Like, what? They're what? stuck in the painting, and they, but they start trying to run, but then their eyes get cloudy, and that's it. And then they disappear. What doesn't seem fair with the, both the little girl and them is that they're taken over, and that's it. Right? They're just taken over, because, like, the original cloudy-eyed lady let the demon in and so she kind of damned herself 60 years ago she's been running around this whole time everyone else that was used by the whatever the gate of hell opener whatever the zombies they were all killed so that makes sense yeah what makes oh and another thing too is that arthur the son of martha who clearly like there were there must have been some subplot that was supposed to happen that never really got to happen because Arthur tried to kill Liz. It's unclear if he was dead or not doing it. He looked alive trying to kill her. I don't know. Like maybe he was an agent of the bad guys. Or maybe agents of people trying to keep things bricked up. I think that they needed a couple mother, a couple more run-throughs of the script. I think so. Or maybe it just got edited to nonsense. But was it a great time? It was. It, it was, was a great fun. time. It was a great time. I did not enjoy the, the tarantula scene. I closed my eyes and hid and put my deaf ear against your body. But the 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 corpse... My good ear against you, actually, really. <laughs> so I couldn't hear. The corpse slowly ripping his way out of his body bag oh, with one finger? That Amazing. was cool. That was the best thing in the movie. Honestly, there was, a, I mean, beautiful cinematography in a lot of the movie. Yeah, a lot of it looked great. It just was really beautiful. And the acting from the main character? Meh. Meh. When she became a corpse zombie, she looked exactly the same as she had the whole movie. Uh, the doctor, though, did a good job. Because he was a zombie, but horrified that he was a zombie. The doctor? I mean, through yeah. the whole movie. Oh, throughout the whole movie. I think that in comparison, he did. I thought the doctor and then the little girl were standouts. Oh, yeah. Except for the little girl when when she watches her mother get poured over. The yeah, it just didn't it stands there. I think that she's not a, she was probably told not to react. I mean, she was supposed to be just a creepy little girl. But when she turned to a zombie yeah. thing, she did a great job. She did a great job. I think the doctor was fine. I did enjoy the blind lady, and mostly I enjoyed Dickie the dog. Yeah. And, great. And the uh, the plumber. The plumber Joe was the great. Plumber. Joe the plumber and his his Catholic mother wife. It's unclear. Yeah. She was great. I did not like that she got acid in the face. Uh, and that's how she went. Or maybe she died beforehand. It's unclear. It's unclear. She was unconscious, at least. But I would say it's a really a raucous good time. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. There was no boobs the entire movie. Yeah, that's the one negative I guess we'll take out of this. <laughs> oh, you're bad. But I don't, I don't understand exactly why this would be banned except for all the gore. I guess, yeah, the gore. It's got to be the gore. Or maybe the fact that the things kind of fall apart. Like, if they had a better plot, would they have allowed the core? I don't know. Like, it's... We'll never know. 1980s Italy. I don't know what the uh, standards well, this and practices was were. <laughs> filmed in part, at least, in America yeah, with American was, actors. It was an Italian release. In so. English, which is weird. Yeah. But it was a really good time. Do we it. have time for Brewers Bruce? Oh, we had a we went early into. I that, know, remember? but we didn't really talk too much about what you were drinking, and so I was wondering what you had. I so I wanted to give a, a shout out to what I was had earlier oh, today. Go for it. I haven't. Ha- I have been drinking fizzy water, but I I was drinking New Glass spotted New Glaris New Glaris spotted cow, which I think is what I was drinking last time. It's quite possible. But I had a different drink earlier today that was quite delicious. It was by... It was by me. By you. That's right. And it was called Something Borrowed, Something Brewed. Yes. And it's the Hefeweizen that you brewed for our wedding that's coming up in like five weeks. Yes. And I have to brew tomorrow too. Oh, how horrible. Yeah. 
How horrible. I know. I know. <laughs> busy day tomorrow. Busy, busy, busy. So, um, gross's corner. There was a lot here that was gross. Yeah. I think that the bathtub, for me, was the grossest thing. Just the idea of... Uh, Martha had to stick her hand into the bathtub. It was very reminiscent of the scene in the in uh, in the Grudge, when, they, when the dirty bathtub. But she goes and she pulls out this mucky hair thing. I'm just like, lady, there are better jobs. Well, I mean, get the bills paid. But she's the mysterious person that the doctors never heard of that came with the house. So who knows? But that was gross. What was your grossest corner? Um, probably getting the guy whipped with chains. That was pretty gross. Yeah. That and the, the little girl getting most of her forehead shot off. That was a lot of blood. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty amazing. Also, the ripped off neck and head of the dog eating a dog. Oh, that too. That was also lady. a ghost. Yep, that was that was something else. Yeah. Gross's Corner is complete. Brewer's Bruce, where we brew about Bruce, is done. Yep. And we've watched a movie. Yes. So what do you think we should do next? Well, we went through our Stephen King movie. Mm-hmm. We did a Shutter Essential. We did. Should we delve into things that scared us from our past for next week? Yes. I know what I have picked up, but if you want to go first, I'll let you go first. Okay, so we have a teaser for what we're going to do next week as well. And so next week, our plan is that you and I are going to pick our top five jump scares. Oh, yes. And... We are going to share them throughout the episode. Just, you know, what our top fives on five are and see if there's any of the same ones on there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw, like, Rhett and Link do this at some point from Good Mythical Morning. Uh-huh. But, you know, I don't think they would mind us borrowing the concept of sharing a list. No, it's not Good Myth... Just to, just to plug, they have a podcast called Ear Biscuits. Rhett and Link do. And it's a very satisfying, soothing podcast to hear Rhett and Link talk. They, they speak in low tones. And Rhett says crazy things because that's what Rhett does. It's fantastic. I love it. So that's my recommendation for a podcast. Do you want to uh, give a plug to one of your podcasts? I think you said oh. Douglas Movies earlier today. Yeah, I, I enjoy Douglas Movies. But Tell Them Steve Dave is the quintessential greatest podcast ever. Yeah. So John's a huge fan of Tell Them Steve Dave. And we'll talk more about our favorite podcasts as uh, as our podcast continues. So everybody, uh, John, do you remember what our call out is? Yes, I do. It's stay scared. And stay married. Goodbye. The intro and outro of our podcast is Fire and Ice Rock Mix by Stefan Kartenberg. Copyright 2017. Licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike license. Thank you, Stefan.